to another episode of Cinematrimony, and uh, we're sort of doing this fairly regularly now, at least for the start of the summer. Yeah. I am uh, your host, Matt Scalisi, and joining me as always, my lovely wife and partner in crime here on the Cinematrimony podcast, Francesca. Hello. You probably need to get a little bit more up on the mic than that. Hello. There you go. Ironically <laughs> up on the mic. Sarcastically, right? Maybe. Isn't that correct? Okay. Um, well, so tell the people what we saw today. We saw Thor, which we're a few weeks behind on this, but um, you know, and I think it's worth talking about why we picked this movie over others. For one, um, I guess our other main option would have been The Hangover Part Two, but I don't feel like you know. First of all, we're, we're just coming off doing. A raunchy comedy. Although you say it's not raunchy. With Bradsmaids. Um but also I, I, I mean I feel like I feel like I'm I'm in summer mode now. I wanna see my first summer blockbuster action movie. It's not it's not summer movie season until you've seen one. No, I didn't want to see this movie, but I didn't <laughs> want to see the hangover two either. So because I'm I'm pretty sure the hangover two is just, you know, same situation. It's fine. I'll rent same it. Same jokes. I'll rent you know. it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, The Hangover, what made it novel was that it was, you know, like kind of memento style storytelling with right. a lot of comedy. Right. And it's, from all appearances, that's exactly what this other movie is, too. It's just in Bangkok now. So I'm not, it's not impressing me that they did this, like, pretty much exactly the same setup. I'm sure it's, you know, enjoyable, but I don't really want to see it. Yeah. And we should be honest, too. The reason that we saw a movie full stop today was because you got a good deal on Yeah, we got, a, we got a group on for uh, Fandango tickets. But also, that, I should well, say, be mm-hmm. due to the... And, and let, let's set this up, too, because we did see this in 3D. And we, if you, if you read Film Nerds with any level of regularity, you know... That we're sort of fundamentally, philosophically against the whole 3D thing. Fundamentally, I don't like 3D because it's. I think I'm one eye dominant, and yeah, it's, well, it doesn't add anything. It's just a distraction, and I don't, don't want to enjoy. I it. don't want to fully go into the 3D thing because there's so many reasons not to do it. In you know, from the fact that your brain is actually not built to watch 3D movies to the fact that it's just too expensive and you don't get anything added value. It, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make up for the money you have to pay. Regardless, we saw it in 3D because, A, the timing worked out, and, B, we didn't have to pay any extra because we got this coupon deal, basically. So we did end up seeing this in 3D. It was post-converted. And the only thing I want to... didn't s- even add anything to it, I didn't feel like. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I at least want to comment on this aspect of the 3D. Everybody talks about how much worse it is when they when they do this post production 3D conversion, where they basically they didn't shoot the movie in 3D, and they decided after they made it that they wanted to make it a 3D movie, and they basically go in and these digital artists go in there and they 3Dize it, whatever they're doing, and everybody says everybody seems to make such a big deal about how much worse that is than regular 3D. I'll be honest. The th- I'm I'm not a huge fan of the 3D effects, regardless. 
but it really this looked as good of a of a three D effect as Avatar, which was made for three D. Did could you tell a difference in the th- quality of the three D from this well, to Avatar? I, mean, I, I not the quality. Well, yeah, the quality because Avatar was you know made to be in three D, so it's vibrant. I mean, to me, well, Avatar's yeah, this, only this, worth was that it was in 3D. I will never, ever watch that movie on television. <laughs> you know, it, this was, is darker. it was pretty and fantastical, and so it was neat to, for that it was like day glow colors yeah. in 3D, but, you know, I, it's just whatever. It's I like mean, a non-issue. I the, just don't like it. The it's ice, not worth money. The ice planet was really, really dark and hard to see anything in 3D, but um, other than that, to me, you know, for whatever it's worth... I don't see a difference in the quality of the of the depth of image between this movie and any other 3D movie that I've seen. Other than maybe Coraline, which is probably the one exception I'd hold out there as saying that that really added to it, that that was, that was well done. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. So, 3D aside, um, let's just talk about the movie as a movie. Um... Which is, first of all, important to note that this is the, this is kind of the next installment in Marvel's big growing plan. And you may, you sort of mentioned this to me that you weren't, I, I don't know how much you know about this, but but when Marvel started its own studio and they started making their own movies instead of letting other people do it, they sort of had this grand plan where they're gonna they're gonna get a bunch of heroes, make a bunch of movies, and then smash them all together into a single movie. That being the Avengers at a certain point, and they're building towards that. Mm-hmm. And they've already done the the two Iron Man movies and the Hulk. And uh, this is this is like the third guy that they're sort of adding to the troop. Um, and you know, a, a lot of people have complained because there seems to be this sort of obligatory section of every one of these movies where they devote it to setting up the Avengers storyline. Oh, did it did it bother like you that it was in there? I didn't even feel like it was that intrusive at all. I'd say it was less intrusive and less out of place here than it was in Iron Man 2. Yeah. Yeah, well, they probably felt like they had to push it more with Iron Man. I don't know. Uh, Well, John Favreau was particularly not happy with the fact that they were making him participate in this this Avengers thing and making him change his movie a little bit to accommodate it. mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine. You know, like, knowing that that's where it's going, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I And, like, to me, actually, for this movie in particular, it's, I, it helps me to know, like, why on earth do they make this movie? Yeah. You know, like, it was headed for something. Like, let me just, let me tell you, I actually ended up enjoying this movie. And I say that not I'm surprised like, to hear that. Well, I say that in as much as it wasn't, like... As soon as the, it started, I liked it. It took me about 30 minutes to like it because the whole opening sequence was, like, too, too... I didn't... When you say the opening sequence, do you mean the no, pre-credit no. sequence with Natalie Portman? No, or... I mean the whole thing that took place with, you know, the... The backstory the of Thor. And the thing. Yeah. Because there was something that smacked very 90s of the... Like, you know, we like our fantasy with grit, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the aughts. And this was, like, the very 90s. We like 300-style like, fantasy. I felt like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Like, everything was, like, too glossy and, like, so CGI, you know. Like, it was just... I was like, really? Like, is this what I'm going to be watching for two hours? Mm-hmm. I'm not into this. Um, and kind of once he got on Earth, which I think really was probably a solid half an hour into the movie, 
that's when I started to like it, and I liked it a lot. And I would say that is in large part due to um, something important I learned about Norse mythology, which is that that Thor is a cutie. <laughs> and that Natalie Portman was actually the first time, I think, ever, ever, ever in a superhero movie, except for maybe Iron Man. I, I would give Pepper Potts. Is that her name? Pepper? Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the Gwyneth Paltrow character? Yeah. yeah. Like that, I would say Gwyneth Paltrow and Natalie Portman are the only girls who have ever been in superhero movies that I genuinely like. believed that they were as smart as they're supposed to be. Well, they're both Academy Award winners, by right. the way. Well, and I'm just saying, like... Doing, doing superhero her, movies. Her, you know, mumbling out some... Uh, physics stuff. I was like, no, yeah, I buy that. The only thing and I part didn't, of that is you know that she is actually a smart girl. So like, yeah. The only thing I didn't buy is, and if you want to make that comparison, I buy Gwyneth Paltrow as somebody's personal assistant because she looks like she could be that. I don't buy Natalie Portman as a physicist or whatever she is. At least put your hair up. I mean, she was like glammed out the whole time. See, she can't help that she's beautiful. Put on glasses, but you know, no. But see, that to me is the like the Blake Lively <laughs> trick, right? Of like, I'm wearing glasses, so well, I'm Blake smart. Lively needs all the help you know? she can get to look smart, though. Like to me, Natalie Portman, you buy it. You know, she's and she's just likable. You know, like when she's being. Oh, I definitely like watching with, her. Yeah, you know, handsome fellow. Like you kind of are like, yeah, of course they're in love. I He's just cute. She's cute. I He's guess cute. I guess I wish they scruffed her up a little bit. And I liked I liked the Cat Denning character as well. Like, she was, it was okay. nice to have a little. You know, she had she comic had relief or whatever. I would say she had as many annoying moments as she had good moments. I don't know. I they just, were sort of it offset each other. I think I ended up liking it as a result of how much I was so unhappy when we walked in the theater because we were not at a rave motion picture. The future now showing, and it was a movie theater that smells like the eighties. <laughs> that my swarthy pregnant hands did not fit in between the stupid chairs, was, and I kept on bumping into yeah. everything. This is subpar movie theater. The air conditioner theater. was like lame. And it smelled weird. And, and we had way too many 3D commercials. That's oh. By the way, that's the worst thing about seeing a 3D movie now is that they have these stupid 3D commercials that they show you where they spend how, who knows how many millions of dollars to show you uh, a Friskies commercial. Oh, because that's what the world was crying out for. Right. Was a 3D cat food 3D commercial. 3D cat food commercial. Which the commercial, in addition to... Not making any sense in as much as, like, someone wrote an original song for a Friskies commercial. It also doesn't make any sense because the whole thing is, like, turkeys and chicks, like, having a party about the fact that they're in cat food now. Like, what? <laughs> what? I don't need to see that This in just became a critical... This just became Cinematrimony dash Friskies commercial. Well... That's the name of this podcast now. But, so, I think I may have ended up liking the movie... Maybe more than I actually like it, just because I was in such a bad mood when we went in, and then I was like, "Oh, it's not terrible." Well, but we, it doesn't. I feel almost like uh, Kenneth Branagh was maybe like overcompensating for the fact that like what he does is like pastoral Shakespeare mm-hmm. by going like super the other way with like CG. Everything is like golden, and there's mm-hmm. you know rays of sunlight and a rainbow bridge, which they never even I don't even understand what the crap is going. I on thought it looked cool. Bridge. I thought the rainbow bridge looked cool. Well, it was like, like I said, it was just maybe like a little too. That was one that of my favorite three D effects. Like a little too, too glossy and weird, and the Bifrost and the Loki and the. Thing. I will and say, was, I will say that that stuff, um, that that stuff, 
made the least amount of sense when you're trying to fit it into a larger storyline because if you think about and and I, I say this all the time too to I, I get criticism from my comic book nerd friends when when we talk about Marvel movies because they say well that's just how it is in the comics and my answer to that always is I don't give a crap how it was in the comics because we're watching movies assume that I don't know anything about the comic books and make movies that makes sense to new people because that's what you're doing and here's the thing that i felt though watching it i was like i want to read this comic book i don't particularly want to watch this movie but i could see where this works as a comic book and like all this backstory and all of this mythology but as a part of a larger universe right so i i like the thing they set up here too i really like the backstory and i like the sort of war going on between the different worlds and stuff and um but but what I don't get is, okay, so because there's clearly, I mean, they're aliens basically, but there's like some magic going on. You know, he can like whisper magic words on something and makes things happen to it. But how does that fit in with with this whole, you know, the rest of Marvel is all about um, science. You know, like Iron Man and the Hulk, it's all sort of based around nuclear you know, post-nuclear era science is worth that's and and Captain America's like that too. It's sort of, it's sort of that like World War II era science because that's how that's where so many of these Marvel things, you know, these Marvel stories came from. Even really, X Men is sort of scientifically based. It's supposed to be genetic mutation, you know, uh, even though that's not fitting into the this storyline. But I guess that what I'm what I'm wondering is, you know, you're going to have this guy who. Has a you know mechanical heart and wears a machine suit. Then you're gonna have this guy who's been exposed to radiation, and it's affected him somehow. But then you're gonna have an alien who has magic, and he's on the team too. Well, he has a hammer. <laughs> yeah, but it's a magical hammer. Well, but it doesn't work unless you have super Thor strength. Yeah, but that's magic, it. isn't it? You're magic. I don't know. Who cares? It's a hammer. It's a guy who wields a hammer. Doesn't, like, what are, you, what, what, are you, what are you looking for? What logic I'm thinking in this? for in moving forward, it doesn't bother me within the movie. Like I said, when we do an Avengers movie, is it going to bother you that there's a magical, there's a god basically? Not if he looks like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> right. Aside wow. from Chris Hemsworth with his shirt off, what no, did you think listen, of him? I like his face. <laughs> but as an actor, though. No, I liked him. I did because he. Uh, there was something. He was like. Um, you know, he spends the first part when they're, you know, going to war and fighting with the, you know, whatever. The, the ice, ice monsters. The ice monsters. Let's just call them ice monsters. All right. Um, you know, he was like, he can like pull off fierce really big. So then when when he like has his like, you know, first like smiling friendly at someone moment, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. he's nice too. I liked him. He was George Kirk from uh, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. He's the, the dad at the beginning of the movie. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I thought he was quite like. I thought he did okay. I think he's. I think as a as a lead, I think he's weaker than, uh, obviously, than Robert Downey Jr. from from Iron Man. But I think. I mean, when because I've seen. I don't know. I don't think you saw the Edward Norton. Hulk. I think I stopped watching it. The one that they're a point, not the Ang Lee one, not the one. I know. Okay, yeah. All right. I started to watch it, and I was like, "This is stupid." See, Bye. to me, to me, that was not a strong character wasn't a strong hero i i enjoyed thor i, I you know I, to me this is the the whole tone of this movie as opposed to that hulk movie 
it's just more fun. Well, and you he get, learns a lesson too because he yeah. starts off as kind of like just he wants to, he's just a Viking and he wants to fight and he right. wants to fight and then he learns like no, maybe there is wisdom in what my dad was saying. Yeah, and it's like not, try to keep the peace is more important. It's not a revolutionary idea for a movie. It's not like super smart or anything. They're not going for like Christopher Nolan Batman territory, but I think if you want to look at this as like a superhero movie that you would show, you know, an eight to ten year old boy, like that's not a bad idea to build a superhero movie around. Is that like, hey, sometimes you need to chill out a little bit, you know? Sometimes you need to listen to your parents. Right. <laughs> right. Even if your dad has a, you know, the lid of a yogurt cup on his eyeball, he might know some things. He might know some things. Who knows what's on the other side of that Dan and lid? They put wisdom on there. They do. They do. <laughs> what did you think about the random Renee Zellweger casting for where she gets like? What are you talking about? Not Renee Zellweger. Uh, Renee Russo. Renee Russo casting as the as the mom. Whatever. She she's got nice hair. I guess it was just un, it felt unnecessary. Well, I mean, you know, if she's a character in the comics, people mm-hmm. would be like, why wasn't she in it? So. I mean, and presumably this is going to have multiple movies? I think they certainly could if they if they want so, to. So, you know, she may at some point be a, a more key character. Yeah. The, well, obviously know. this whole storyline, this whole Thor backstory, and I don't, I don't have any idea what's going to be happening in the Avengers movie, but we know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but we know that Loki is going to be in the Avengers movie too as the, at least as one of the bad guys. So they could they could bring in the you know the sort of Thor's family stuff again. Yeah, I like um, Idris Elba was really good in the movie. Um, what did you think about? Yeah, you didn't know that was him though. I know until I said, who the credits. Was Idris Elba. Yeah, and you said the black guy. I yeah. was like, who? The only black guy. But you know, the, again, they're all Norse except for there's one black guy and an Asian guy for some reason. Yeah. Well. There's yeah, a random well, Asian dude on that planet. I mean, to be fair, this was like the opposite of racism in me because no, I, couldn't, I couldn't see his face because he was wearing like a mask. So I was like, I didn't place him as an actor I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's movie. good. That's good. See? I don't know. There was some there was some controversy about that casting. People got a really? little stirred up about it. Yeah. Was he was he not supposed to be a black guy? Well, I mean, he's a Norse god. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but like you know, there it doesn't were bother me either. but there were like. There were some people that were pretty. There, I mean, they, granted, they were white supremacists, but they were a little upset about it. Well, then who cares? <laughs> I think if you're a white supremacist, we are all entitled to not care what right. you think. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, how about how about um, Tom Hiddleston? Though we didn't really talk about him. Who plays Loki? I, I feel like I feel like that was a. The one thing that I think the Marvel movies haven't done a great job of is good villains. Yeah. And I feel like this was a really interesting bad guy character because he's not totally a bad guy. Right. He's got some he's got some depth to him and some conflict going on, you know. Yeah, actually that was probably See, I, this is a stupid movie because when you say mythology now, mm-hmm. it's loaded. I just but if I if I was to use the word mythology in a non-mythological movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a good it's a good backstory it's a good it makes him way more interesting that it's he's trying to impress his father even his father and he's you know like cause even like yeah. he 
he kind of plays both sides of the field whenever he tries to get the ice monsters to kill his dad, but then he was really just setting them up to be killed by him. But that is so quite Shakespearean. Would... You can tell why they picked Kenneth Branagh because there's that that element of it, the Loki element of it is is very. It feels like a sort of Shakespeare esque right, storyline, right. you know? Yeah. So he was definitely a lot more interesting than just like your run of the mill bad guy. Like there was a lot more. Way better than Mickey Rourke from Iron Man Two. Yeah. Well. That was everybody. I would have been a better villain than a guy who has like you know whatever. Yeah. Whips. Other other chains uh, that are yeah have electricity. On um, the, the other thing I have to give you credit for is you spotted Jeremy Renner in this movie in it almost I would not have even I may not have even known that it was him. Well, you would have eventually, but the first shot of him was very quick, and I thought it was just going to be a cameo. You know what? I they, they went back to him a few times. You might have figured it out. I don't know this for sure. I wonder if they cut that into the movie after they made the movie. Could be. Because they decided that Jeremy Renner was going to be in the Avengers pretty late in the deal, and I'm wondering if they had, like, basically shot that whole scene. So Definitely we got to we got to stick him in there somewhere. He was like in a cherry picker in the rain. And he like, doesn't do anything either. Yeah. He doesn't actually interact with the characters. He he talks on a walkie-talkie to right. someone and then doesn't do anything. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like that sounds like uh some reshoots. Also, why let me ask this. I'm just going to pose this question, but I don't want to get too into it. Why would the army have an archer? Haven't we kind of moved past that? Well, he's probably really good at it. Yeah, he's so good that it's better than a gun. Yes. <laughs> well, Thor has a hammer, so yeah. That's... Which I, I, it occurred to me while watching the movie, there's a fatal flaw. Even if, even though it's an awesome hammer and it can like, it's you know, cool. It's it a can, cool weapon. It can go through like ten ice monsters. Here's the thing. When he throws it and it goes through ten ice monsters, he's just standing there with nothing to protect himself. No, it comes back to him. Right, but like Swedish, it, like Swedish. I know, but before no, not it Swedish comes chef, back, like the fish throwing guy from the Muppets. You know, Swedish chef. no, no, no. There's oh. another guy that throws fish. Yeah, but this is my point. While it's off killing people, like he's just standing there waiting for it to come back to him, without anything yeah. to protect himself. Yeah, he's got a he's got a moment there where he doesn't have it. I'm sure he only throws it when he absolutely has to. Yeah, and then he also like swings it around and makes lightning. I don't know. He, no, he makes a tornado by by whipping it around so fast. Well, that's not a good thing, is it? I know we're a little sensitive about the tornado scene here. Yeah, I don't like that. But yeah, I think I think I liked this. Like now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why I like this movie, but I did. It's it's just entertaining while you're watching it. I feel like. Yeah. The what do you think about this? What do you think about the stuff where? Because this is the kind of thing that bothers me as a nerd. That he shows up, right? He lands there, and he's immediately speaking English. And he also... He was speaking English before he landed. Yeah, but... Well, I don't know. Well, why were they speaking English then? Because that's what happens in movies, Matt. (laughs) I'm just saying, it does. so it doesn't bother you then. It's a willing suspension of disbelief. All right. But Which is like most everything in this movie where a guy throws a hammer to save the world. But did his sort of language... Was that too corny to you at any moment where... Because I guess that's what makes this movie a little bit campy. Like, more so than Iron Man is that he's walking around doing his, like, stilted, you know, I shall have sustenance now. You know, like, walking around doing that once he gets on Earth. I did like that he called the agent, because the agent was named Coulson. I like that he calls him Son of Coal. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, that that was good. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that I I enjoyed 
the attempts at humor. And I think, I mean, yeah, some of them fell flat, but some of them were good. You yeah. know, I just appreciated the good-natured, you know, quality, the willingness to laugh at the situation because it is it definitely doesn't take itself that seriously right yeah like you know i mean pretty much the fish out of water stuff Mm -hmm. was like it was all pretty you know came from a good place it's a little bit of the he was a norse god it's not as bad as it's not like reaching the terminator 2 levels of fish out of water well right yeah Nothing is as bad as that. You hate that stuff so much. You were like, this movie's great, Francesca. <laughs> hey, dude, check it out. Mm. Francesca, just for those listening, the the scenes where uh, Edward Furlong is teaching the Terminator to be more human in Terminator 2, absolutely, it makes her vomit, those scenes. He's like... Edward Furlong's like, what's my motivation here? And they're like, just be Bart Simpson. He's like, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, yeah. And that, and then basically it just made me think of you as a child because I know that's what... Because for some reason you think that that's how I spoke Matt, as a kid. I know that that's what your childhood was, was all yak backs and pizza and high fives. You think that, <laughs> that, I, was your childhood. that I modeled my childhood after Macaulay Culkin you Home did. Alone. Yeah. I know that you did. Right. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> That's you. That is you. Anyways, I did feel walking out of this movie. Like I, you had to be. Well, that too. But also, <laughs> I just don't really get anymore the the kind of excitement about the big summer tentpole movies anymore like I used to. I, ha- I You know, and I don't know if it's just me getting well, older. Does, I mean, this movie did... Yeah, it's it's well, it's been out. I think this is the third week it's been out, and it's been number one the first two weeks. It actually stayed number one the second week. I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Um, I don't talk to anybody. I mean, it's already made uh, close. It's it's gonna it's gonna hit probably three hundred million after this weekend. So it's a it's for sure. And look, these things are automatic. The Marvel movies are automatically going to be three hundred million, if not if not significantly more than that. Um, Got to make me one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This is pretty simple. Well, you know, I don't know. It, it was to me. I heard a lot of bad, uh, you know, I, I guess just mediocre reviews about this, and just people weren't thrilled with it. They weren't overly excited. But I mean, we're getting to the point now in the superhero movie stuff where yeah, I didn't what even do you want? want? See this. I don't well, want to see superhero movies. But for anymore. a superhero movie, uh, but yeah, it to was me, fine. to me. Um, I was more excited about seeing this, and I wasn't that excited, but I had more reason to want to see this than I do Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pick on Green Lantern, but I, I see that trailer and I go, why Why do I care? Why are you going to make me go see – why should I go see another superhero? Why should I care about another one? And really, probably if they didn't have the Avengers thing going on, I don't think I'd be super – excited about this i'd probably still want to see captain america but i i don't know um that i'd still be that interested in the superhero genre outside of the christopher nolan batman movies mm-hmm. I, I just am kind of done with it i've seen it all we get an, we get the origin story you know something bad happens it makes them want to be a hero and then they somebody's you know, pretty and she kisses him right yeah, no, I... I just I, think it's so... We're, we're so going through the motions at this point. But you know what I will say? That when I was watching it, I was like, this is a good cast. 
And again, I think yeah. the pedigree of your director probably helped that. That, you know, having, you know, Anthony Hopkins and Natalie Portman in it, like... And Anthony Hopkins did do a good job. He Sometimes he sleepwalks these days, but I, I felt like he, he made an effort here. Yeah, and so I think... I think, you know, you put a good director, you know, and to some extent that happened, I think, with John Favreau, too, with the Iron mm-hmm. Man movies, with one glaring exception in the cast. What would that be? Who do you think it would be, Matt? Your absolute favorite actress in the world? Oh, that would be Harlot Joe Buttface. Girlfriend to Sean Penn, let's not forget. Right. So, she must be a serious actress. Uh, but <laughs> She's going to be in the Avengers movie. As Black Widow, and they're actually they're talking about giving her her own movie. Oh, good! And that's over with. Yeah, we must see that. Cinematrimony a matrimony on Black Widow coming in 2014. Uh huh. And so, who are you planning to be married to then? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think that the um, the caliber of the cast helps this movie a lot. Too. Yeah, I think that that. I agree. Took it up another because again low key I don't even know who that guy is but he was very good. He hasn't done a lot. He's going to be in War Horse uh, later this year, the Steven Spielberg movie. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, I think it was better than it had to be. Yeah, and I liked it more than I should have. And it made you interested to want to go read the comic, right? Yeah, I mean that's a pretty high praise. Well, I mean I like comics. And right, you like them more than I do. It's one of those things like David Bowie that I'm like I know I would really enjoy this, but there's just too much. I don't know where to start, and right. so I don't. But, um, you know, I have enjoyed the comic books I have read. I like pictures and stories. Mm-hmm. So, I would read this. Yeah. Sure. Well, good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's about it for, uh, for our discussion on Thor. But uh, overall, Francesca, somebody was asking you if they, you know, is it is it good? They're I'd interested in seeing it, and they say... Would you, would you recommend it? If they're interested in seeing it. Yeah, I would agree with that. If they're not interested in seeing it. If you want to see a superhero like, eh, movie. It'll be on Netflix in a few months. Right. <laughs> it's already made its money. It's fine. Yeah. Right. They won't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> We're probably actually, no one will ask us for a recommendation on this because everyone else has already seen this. But we're the last people to see it probably. Then why is no one talking about it? I don't know. It just, you're right. It didn't make a huge impact, it doesn't seem like. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, Francesca. Well, Matt. Thank you, as always, for joining me for this podcast. Oh, of course. And thank you for going to uh, see a movie you didn't really particularly want to see today. Yeah. No problem. You had, you had a good time, though. You ate some popcorn. I did. Mm-hmm. They gave you, actually, they, we should note, though, for all your ripping of the theater, they did give you your own individual container of popcorn salt to bring into the theater with you. Yes. They did, which I appreciate. But I think that has more to do with my rotund belly. You're, you're calling in you're, you're calling in favors because of the pregnancy at this point. This is the good part of the pregnancy, where you can... Where you can walk into Chick-fil-A and demand a spicy chicken salad. I don't demand them. I asked nicely, <laughs> and they gave them to me. And you can park in the expectant mother parking. Right. Or when available and not feel like a fool, which, you know, for the first, like, five months. You're like, I am pregnant. Like, so you have to carry around the stick. Look, plus sign. I'm allowed to park here. <laughs> now I'm just like, boom, belly. Get out of my way. Deal with it. <laughs> I'm parking up at the front, son. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you. 
Again, you're welcome. Yeah, and uh, for everybody who's listening, I think you're going to probably uh, get this podcast coming your way before our other podcast that, that Francesca and I are going to have for you this week. We are going to be doing a Back to the Movies podcast to coincide with that series, and that is uh, going to be a discussion of Flashdance. Which is so good. Yes, and uh, among other things, we are discussing the... Uh, once again, we will be discussing um, strip clubs in the 80s and whether whether they were... Whether they're, they're, they're accurately portrayed in movies. You're going to have to be trying to tantalize them and get them to tune in. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm trying to sell it. Yeah. yeah. Well. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for joining us, and we will see you again next time. Bye. Bye.